0: Hey, is this thing on? Spit on the microphone. (laughs) Ha! Welcome to Successfully Screwed, a weekly podcast with Ashley Owens and Sarah Rosenberg. What the hell
1: is this about? I don't even know where I'm starting. Is that where I'm starting? Well, this is about how business owners screw up their fuck-ups. If you're a business owner, you know the definition of hard work, frustration, second-guessing, imposter syndrome, and
0: everything in between. And then you look around on social media or on CNBC and the success of others and you wonder,
1: damn, when is that going to happen for me? Will it ever happen for me? The hell am I doing wrong? And what
0: the fuck am I doing wrong? Hey, guess what? Everybody says that. There are a lot of other podcasts out there that are positively motivational.
1: Those are cool because they give you those warm, fuzzy woo hoo feelings. But the Successfully Screwed podcast takes a different approach to kicking you in the pants, to kicking you in the ass, in an attempt to motivate you to hang in there and keep grinding.
0: We talk about the fuck-ups and how successful entrepreneurs overcome them because that is its own kind of
1: motivation. We also give you that Freud factor.
0: God damn it.
1: Schadenfreude. Freud. Google it. On this episode,
0: we talk to Want to win some free things? Of course you do. You're an entrepreneur, probably making nothing. However, if you'd like to win some free things from the guests of this podcast, make sure you hashtag I listened while sharing this episode. You could be in the running for free consultations, some great resources, free books, whatever our guest decides to bring on, you have the chance of winning. So make sure at the end of this podcast, you share it. Hashtag I listened and the episode number. Sit back, relax, and wait every Sunday for the drawing. Welcome to the Successfully Screwed Podcast. I am Ashley Owens, your extrovert. And I am Sarah Rosenberg, your introvert. And today we have Jeffrey Klein of Nine Dots. And the reason why we have him on here today, one, because he's probably one of our most famous guests, but two, the best part about what Jeffrey does. And Jeff, do you go by Jeffrey or Jeff?
2: Uh, Mr. Klein.
0: Mr. Klein. Thank you very much, Mr. Klein, for being here. (laughs) So what I really love about your company is that you guys are one heavy hitters in the content and distributor industry. So what that means is that you tell stories through infographics, videos, animations, and that is your number one way to success is telling those stories. So what we like to do, and the reason why we have you on is because you are an entrepreneur, and you and I had met at WeWork. We drive pretty well together, and we loving uh, love having you on the show, Sarah. You and okay. me, we're talking about
1: our, actually all three of us, we're going to talk about our uh, low points of the week. Would you like to start? I will start with a, I think this is a low point I've had in the past that I'm learning from. Uh, which is always good. So I tend to set my goals. And when I reach those goals, I tend to rest on my laurels a little bit and you know, take a nap and kind of chill until the next week. So what I'm learning is I can't really afford to do that anymore. So if I reach my goals, I can't just chill out after that. I have to keep going as if I didn't reach that goal because it kind of builds up some inventory a little bit. So that is my lesson learned from past low points and it actually worked out really well this month because last month sucked and this month is much better with my new little frame of mind. So yay me.
0: Oh, I love that, Sarah. That's actually similar to mine actually this week as well. So I know I talked in the previous podcast that I've got my hands in a lot of pies and I have to learn how to say no, but if I take too much time, getting ramped up again is one of the hardest things to do. So I've been going from, I mean, August of last year to I think this past month before I went on vacation. And by vacation, I meant I went to a conference with my husband's conference and I was forced to relax and that aggravated me more. Rather than keeping the momentum going to be able to manage what else I have going on, Sarah, you and I talked about how that's not even worth it to go on vacation. It's not, it's not worth
1: it. <laughs> well, Jeff, you've heard both of our. Screw okay, up. wait, 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 wait. Just before kidding. we do this, okay. Before we do this, before we get into Jeff's screw up, I need to know how in the world John Legend sang at your wedding, and I need to know it because Chrissy Teigen is my BFF in my head. <laughs> And so I, I
2: need this information. Uh, it's fairly simple story. So John and I share a best friend. So my best friend, Jackson, from when I was, and I've known him since I was in first grade, is one of John's best friends. He was, uh, Jackson was his first manager. And so I was introduced to John with his demo album before he signed with a label and had all the Grammys and all the incredible success he had. Through Jackson. And the story is that so my wife Nita and I, when before we got married, we're thinking about our what our song would be for our first dance. We had we love this one particular song on the demo album. And we said, why don't we pick that? No one will have heard of it and it'll be special, it'll be ours. And then a moment later, like, wait, 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 Jackson's managing him. Why don't we see if he can get him come and sing? So that was my wedding present from my friend Jackson who now has a production company with him, with John Legend. Right. Um, they produce TV and film. And they're both executive producers on La La Land, among other things. And um, they're amazing. But John is as incredible a human being as he is a performer and artist. Um, he's just a good guy. We've seen him backstage and he's always just, you know, a super decent guy.
1: Yeah, he, se- he seems that way. And um, Chrissy seems that way, and all she does is eat and cook for <laughs> kids, and like make snarky comments on the internet. And I love her. I love her, John. I love too, but I really love Chrissy, and she call me. So I promise not to be a weird stalker, but like I love her. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We really wanted to know. It's
2: it's yeah. People are surprised by it. We were super fortunate to get him to come and sing before he became a huge star
1: yeah song he's, was it?
2: he's super humble in spite of his success which is pretty impressive
0: was it all of me tell me it was
2: all of me it, it, so the irony is that the song is not one that's become very popular it's called the sun comes up, Look it up and it hasn't been released on any of his albums so it's kind of one of those lost tracks in some ways. Yeah,
1: you know what? Those are the best songs of most famous performers.
2: I keep waiting for him to put it out. But I think one of the things about Johnny is an innovator. And so he's always pushing. And, and so I think he looks forward a lot more than he looks back. theres He actually did a version, a different version of it for a movie called August Rush. And so we didn't know this. And we were watching the movie. Yeah. And at the end, the credits were rolling. We were, we were like, wait a minute. That's our this song. Is, this is "The Sun Comes Up," but it was it was a different version, which was equally awesome. Right. Uh, you, if you look up "The Sun Comes Up," you'll see live versions of him doing it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a it's a beautiful song.
0: That's such a great story. Well, I don't think anybody else is going to top it, top that story. Uh, nice to see everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Yeah, we're, we're done. Yeah. We're
2: done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I don't think anything I say after this can be as interesting as John Legend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So back to the regularly scheduled program, Sarah, am I allowed to ask my questions? Yes, go for it. Thank you. Well, now that we know that Chrissy Teigen's coming to our next successfully screwed launch party, let's just talk about one of your low points and it could be the one that you want to talk about. It could be one for the week, transition into that, whatever you feel necessary, but you know, people out there, especially who are entrepreneurs and small business owners, they have these low points that kind of shape who they are. So kind of, you know, dive into what your low point is for the week.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give you kind of the low point, uh, which is also kind of a critical transition of my life. So the context behind it is that I I grew up in a very supportive family, and both my father and grandfather, who were judges forever and loved what they did, kind of instilled in me that you need to want to wake up every day and go to work and enjoy what you love. And it's funny, you know, I work at WeWork, and their kind of motto is do what you love. And I've always felt that way, and, you know, I've always kind of promoted that to people and when I graduated from college although I got distracted by law a little bit from my family history uh, after my second year of law school I moved to California and pursued my dreams in the film industry and I worked in the film industry for six years and worked on amazing movies and it was a dream uh, and I loved oh, every day I love it. but I then I joked the dream is that I met and fell in love with a beautiful girl my wife Nita And we ended up moving to her hometown of Manchester, England, where there's not a big film scene. So I ended up uh, starting a company with my father-in-law in in real estate, uh, which I didn't really know much about. I had a theory that I think some entrepreneurs have, which is I'll have my day job and I'll have time to do my creative endeavors kind of on the side. Uh, But having a career that I didn't really know about, and then the space that got filled was kind of the space of my three kids. (laughs) Um, so that extra time I thought I'd have, but I spent the kind of low point for me was, you know, I was primarily doing property management. We did refurbishments, but most of my job was the three, what I call the three pillars of property management, which is looking for tenants, chasing rent, and fixing repairs. That's what most of my day was most days.
1: That sounds soul-sucking.
2: It was soul-sucking. That's exactly right. This is the part of the conversation that you have with yourself. And I think a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs or people who are kind of starting out have, which is, you know, I, at that point, you know, a few years in now and things are going, I'm like, okay, I can't try and do something different because I now have a mortgage and a car payment and kids I got that I'm responsible for. I remember coming home one particular day Um, I'd been doing this job for way longer than I anticipated. I'd taken over the company thinking, Oh, I'll have control and that will make it easier. It didn't. I was waking up feeling dread, you know, close to tears and miserable. And it was then, and it had been for a while, you know, and so one particular morning, I just, you reached, you know, I guess like addicts, you reach, you know, rock bottom of not wanting to, to really get out of bed. Um, and I again, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have a lot of support from a lot of people, my family and friends. And I wrote, um, I took some time and I wrote my midlife crisis report um, where I kind of shared that depression and feeling. And, and I did have an idea uh, of how to get out of it. Uh, and it was simple. It was, don't give up your job, you know, because that's not necessarily going to be a good thing. But to, to get another job, to get a second. I was an entrepreneur. I was, I was you know, my own boss, so I could go work part-time somewhere. And so I started to kind of, and I, I had realized what I wanted to do was kind of in the marketing space because it kind of married my interest in business and in creative uh, in a way that I thought I'd be good at and I thought I'd enjoy. And I, I ended up convincing, and this is, this is I think, once you determine what it is you want to do, you have to start speaking it. So one of the things I think, you know, language is really important, not only what you tell yourself, but how you communicate to people. So I would start talking about like, I'm going to work in marketing. And I had done this, and I had done this before because a lot of people, there are a lot of naysayers, as I like to call them, uh, when I was trying to work in the film industry, you know, people would say, you know, what are you going to do in law school? I'm sorry, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to go work in the film industry. And they're like, oh, that's, that's going to be hard. Or how are you going to do that? Or, oh, that, no one could. And I, I was just like, well, I'm going to do it. And having that conviction certainly helped. And, and I think people, when I started talking to people about, you know, they, well, a lot of what happened is, and this is another point, I think is really important in terms of kind of the networking is, so I, just, I wanted to work in the film industry and I started asking people, and they say, oh, I know someone in the film industry. And I'd say, who? And can you put me in touch with them? Mm-hmm. And I started to take all those connections. And so I, I spent a week in LA meeting an incredible assortment of entertainment professionals from a lawyer. I had to meet one, but writers, directors, production people um, that really helped me get my foot in the door. So I kind of was re reinventing myself again. And, you know, I come from a family where my grandfather and father collectively were judges for 80 plus years. So they didn't have a lot of jobs. They just kind of stuck with it. And that was kind of the old model. I guess uh, in some ways I was ahead of the times in terms of the gig economy and having lots of different careers. Cause I think I know am now on my, forth but making that decision it's it's scary to give up the comfort in terms of financially and otherwise um, but it, it was very uncomfortable and eventually I broke in a, in a positive way but there was a lot of dark days about not being true to what I wanted to do with my life so it was hard even talking about it. It's hard. Um,
1: so I think it's it's really, a, a, there are a couple, there are a lot of actually really good things to pull out of that situation um, in the way that you told it. I'm wondering, given that you've done different things at different times, did you actually view yourself as a business owner or entrepreneur, even while you were doing the other stuff?
2: So when I took over my real estate company, when I, when I became the boss and, and controlled my own destiny, uh, I didn't think about it that much because I was kind of consumed with the fact that I was doing something that I didn't like uh, or that I didn't have a passion for. You know, my father-in-law, who had done it for years, loves it. Yeah. And that made it hard, too, because I had this person who every day was excited about work and, and, and I think he was confused about why I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and
1: and I, I think it's Like you said, like everyone is different in terms of what they are obsessed with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your father-in-law was obsessed with real estate and that's cool. You were obsessed with something completely different that was making money for you, that was supporting your family that you just kind of got into a groove with. And it's really hard to let that go. And there are so many people who are working that job that they've been in for years and years and they kind of sit at their desk and dream about being an entrepreneur. I want to take a break here. When we come back, I would like to talk about um, what advice you would give to someone in that same position and then also kind of come back and talk about your resources a little bit. So let's go to first.
0: This episode is sponsored by the law offices of James V. Monaghan. James has been representing injured people for more than a quarter century. He is one of only about 200 lawyers in the state certified as a specialist in field of workers' compensation. The other half of his practice is by helping out people of financial disaster through bankruptcy. Reach out to James V. Monaghan at norristownlegal.com. Welcome back to the Successfully Screwed podcast with Ashley Owens and Sarah Rosenberg. Today we have Jeffrey Klein of Nine Dots. We were talking to him uh, previously about how he got started, what his low points were, and his profound way of his storytelling. So Jeff, I really want to hear more about, um, you know, what really drove you through those hard times. What was your, what was your motivation? What was your hustle? How did that feel? And and what really kind of got you through it?
2: Well, I would say there were, there were two things that got me through it. Uh, as well as kind of propelled me to make a change, but when you're in the kind of pit of despair, uh, it's it's hard. It's super hard to because being around people who are positive is not. You know, you don't want to you don't want to see people. You don't want to deal with anyone. And I, I had very young children at the time, and so the family was definitely my savior. While they were the reason I felt like I couldn't do it. At one point, you know, I said, "Oh, I can't." shift to something new at i'm now 35 36 at this point you know i'm not a young person i have responsibility and so with that responsibility i i would the the first sentiment was i can't make a change because i i can't afford to risk any of this for this family and the thought that came after that that really was kind of the aha and i don't i don't know where it came from i think it's just been there um because of the support of my family growing up and knowing that my family you know, my family then and now would, would support me was how can I not how can I continue to be miserable um and so it was a a breakthrough for me it's just like it's not about the mortgage it's about you know being able to be there for my family and being a positive person who enjoyed what they you know I want my children to learn that lesson that you need to love what you do and don't just take a job and stay stuck in a job because of obligation because you feel you need to because you, you'll just be a prisoner
1: And Um, and also stay stay stuck in a job, be miserable, and be miserable while they're around. You know, it's really hard to maintain that upbeat thing with your kids and with your wife and everything else that you have to do in life when you're miserable for the part of your life that you're at more than 50% of the time, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's probably interesting perspective for my wife, because I consider myself a pretty happy-go-lucky, positive person, you know, uh, I have a, a, you know enthusiasm for, for people and for living. And, and I, and so when my wife Nita met me and I was working in the film industry, that's kind of who I was. Cause I was like living a dream. Uh, and so the best version of me was being seen because that's, I was getting to do what I enjoyed. I was part of that creative process that, you know, I loved. And then when we moved and I started working in the real estate, she kind of saw this, the, the part of the, the small part of me that that kind of overtook the happy part. You know, I've talked to her about this since, uh, making the change back to doing what I love and, you know, night and day. And and yeah, so I would, there were moments where I would look at my my young, I had twin daughters. Uh, I have twin daughters who, by the way, just turned 13, so everyone can feel bad oh for me now. Uh, God.
1: Good luck with
2: that. Yeah, uh, the advice I got was buckle up, it's gonna yeah. be a bumpy ride. But I have very good kids, I'm very blessed with that. But when they were very young, uh, you know, and I'm coming in and just not, ha- and having to put on a happy face, I felt it. And so, and they are, you know, all three of my children are spirited, you know, <laughs> big personalities who, nice fill right up of- whatever space and energy they can, you know, my daughters sing all the time and, and their love of life was in stark contrast to my misery.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, both in terms of like, what are you doing? And two, not being able to engage fully with them, Um, you know, I was okay at compartmentalizing a a little bit uh, so that, you know, I, I, you know, I I buried a lot of it from them.
0: How did you take all of that with your family obligations, with, you know, trying to raise your daughters the right way, with being a good husband, how did that still feed the itch?
2: My purpose in life, and I have this as kind of my mission statement is, to tell and share awesome stories and help others tell and share awesome stories. And that's why you know, I love movies and I love stories. When I was a kid, I loved writing stories and sharing stories and hearing stories. There weren't many interesting stories. I got actually some great stories about stuff that happened while I worked in real estate, um, but they're only now fodder for good storytelling, not for good, <laughs> good living at the time. But I think I realized there was a way for me to bridge my interest in creating pursuing creative pursuits and marrying it with my business experience now, because I had been working with all different kinds of people and running my own business. And so it was, but it was a plan. And I think that's the thing that people have to understand is like, you know, John legend actually just to bring him back into the fold. So he gave a concert in Philadelphia a few years back and he jokes, he says, you know, people say, Oh my God, he's like, you know, he says, I'm, I'm a, a nine-year overnight success. Um, and so people don't realize with a lot of people who become super successful that it didn't just, they were just swept, you know, they didn't just flip a switch and they went from unknown to superstar. And there's a lot of work that goes into it and planning. And, and so I think entrepreneurs um, have to recognize it's not just going to happen. It's not like you have a great idea and all of a sudden you're a billion-dollar company, uh, which I think is... One of the challenges for entrepreneurs is because now that entrepreneurship is so prevalent and so uh, cool, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm a big fan of, you know, he worries because now everyone thinks being an entrepreneur is the way to do it and it's not right for everyone. And we also on social media kind of you see the best of everything, which is why I think your podcast is pretty awesome because you're talking about the underbelly of and the challenges and the ugly side of what entrepreneurship is. Which is not all rosy. It's not like oh freedom. There's good and bad in any position and all that. So I think it's important, you know. I so I wrote this midlife crisis report, which kind of mapped out why I was miserable and my plan for how I was gonna change. So I had kind of a plan, which I thought when you know at the time we lived in England, I I thought part of it meant we were gonna move. But the first step was, okay, I got to find something to do that's more creative that I can start to, you know, get the experience and and get stuck into and and take my skills and apply them for them. Um, So it's the whole, you know, the whole concept of baby steps that I think people forget. They're just expecting to take this giant leap and land on their feet. Um, But if you don't put in the work and have a a, a loose plan, you know, the quote I share with many people uh, in terms of my life, And I think it applies to our choices. Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans, which uh, is actually from a song. I didn't really, it's a um, John Lennon quote. I use that quote for years. And then I started singing, I would sing to my son, who's nine, my son, Ethan, the song, A Beautiful Boy, which John Lennon wrote for his son. And the line is from that song, uh, which I thought was pretty awesome. And I didn't know that. I just saw it as a John Lennon quote. So, Life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. So, you got to have a plan though to start. Yeah. And I think uh, having a flexible plan is is critical and taking it one step at a time.
1: So, you kind of my my next question was actually, you know, what kind of plan, what was your process behind creating a plan? And you completely answered the question just now. But I but I think also what you said is important. You have the goal. You know what the goal is. And you need to have that flexibility within your plan to to get there but the way you get there is negotiable. That's really important. And I think as business owners, at least me, I have extreme control issues and I think I'm right all the time, but I'm not. Um, And and to kind of take in, learn from other people, look and and, and pay attention to what they're doing, get good advice from people who've been there and done that. So um, I wanna take a break here. When we come back, let's talk about some of the resources that you can't live without. Um, And we'll do some uh, rapid fire questions and then you can tell us about your giveaway.
0: This episode is sponsored by Failure Tales, the entrepreneur stories success is built on. Join us for a night of entrepreneur stories about failures, low points, and fuck-ups. And more importantly, lessons learned, resilience, and good old-fashioned to it Have you ever hit on a low point in your business? Do you have a business that has failed? Did you make an impactful, supremely bad decision that forced you to change course? Please consider sharing your story. It will inspire others. Join us. On Tuesday, August twenty-first, from six to nine PM at Headroom in Wayne. Welcome back to the Successfully Screwed podcast with Ashley Owens and Sarah Rosenberg. Today, our guest is Jeffrey Klein from Nine Dots. Jeff, you have been one of the best guests we have had um, so far. I mean, everybody. That's has, I have the best hosts. Because ah, uh, <laughs> uh, all of the prizes are yours. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had really gotten to some deep, uh, basically got into a deep dive of where you started, how your whole background kind of shaped who you are. Um, What I really want to know now, and I know Sarah and I both want to know, is how are you doing now?
2: Well, I'm gonna answer that in a couple different ways. So I'm super happy, you know, and and that's in terms of success. That's my, my first measurement is- Can I
1: just ask, can I just pop in? How long did it take you to get there?
2: I would say it's, it happened in, in degree. So when I made the decision, I was already a little happier, you know, in terms of um, knowing that I was going to, I had a plan and that I was going to try and pursue it. Uh, Getting, getting the gig in, in Manchester, I ended up getting a job for a design agency that did, websites and brochures and branding and working with designers was immediately lifted my spirits every time i went to go and work with them it was a happy experience and then getting to talk you know to talk to other people about promoting creating things um to help their business from a creative you know because i always look at that our goal is to take the creative uh skills and apply it for business results and that's what became you know kind of like my mission is like okay how can we use the talents of these creative people to help move businesses forward pretty quickly when I started spending time with creative people I got a lot happier and it, it reinforced that's one of the things I think that's important too is that entrepreneurs need to say you know pretty quickly if this is when something is right and yeah you have to try lots of different things but in general having a sense of like this is where I need to be and then I was when I we moved to, to Philadelphia at the time I was working remotely originally because we only thought we we're going to be here for a year I was pretty much five years ago. Uh, but when we decided to stay, I, I started looking for a job here because I w- wanted to find something local. Uh, and I got really fortunate to work with a brand marketing agency called Tag Strategies with incredibly talented, creative people. And actually not just creative, but strategic. And I think that's something else that uh, I find really important in, in what I do is, you know, work, we create things. We're very creative, but it's really a right brain, left brain combination. And, being strategic about your creative uh, skills and and using uh, the marketing skills and all all the tools and the tricks without a a strategic mind about how you're going to apply them and what your objectives are. And I think that's true for any business. You know, it's great to be tactical, but if you don't have the strategy behind it, uh, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. And I was fortunate to really work uh, with some people um, who are amazing at this. You know, the woman who runs tag is both, um, the chief creative officer and the chief strategist and she is incredible and i was i got very lucky to work with her and work with the designers there that were just you know amazing i made the decision to start my own little thing and with my wife and we've done it two years now which is pretty crazy so we're still a startup uh in that regard and the joke about how people say how's it going and i my response is usually well people are still paying me to do stuff
1: yeah. so that's that's <laughs> um but
2: but the stuff that I'm getting to do, I'm really, you know, when I'm working on an infographic or an animated video and, you know, I don't feel like I'm working. And I think that's one of the points about doing what you love is it when you do what you love, it doesn't feel nearly like work. Right. Um, uh, and that, that even in terms of the kinds of stuff that we did, cause you know, we kind of did full, one of the lessons was, you know, you can start doing everything and we did anything and everything. Someone needed something, we tried to do it. Um, and as we've evolved and really focused on visual content, it's really helped because we're now realizing not only do we love the marketing field and, and, and the way that business can be helped by creative, but also specifically more like, oh, telling visual stories is what makes us, we're good at it and we love it. And
0: going off of those visual stories though, there had to have been some tools that helped you along the way. So if you want to give us the name of three resources that made your life easier, but and that you can't live without.
2: One is relationships, even in terms of, you know, starting your own business, using the, the, the relationships that I've had over the last couple of years. And even people I've reconnected with, I have uh, one of my designers I've known since third grade you know, so being able to, you know, maintain relationships over time. And then some of my vendors that I use for things I met, you know, through networking and, and it's really about nurturing those and, and finding your people. Uh, I think that's, that's a, the resource is recognizing when you find your people. So I had actually, when we first started doing uh, animated videos, it started cause I wanted to do one for nine dots and we went through a process and, and we did it really cheap and it was terrible and the product wasn't nearly what need to be. And I, and I realized like, okay, wait, we love the idea of telling this visual story, but we need to find better talented people that, that fit with what we're trying to do mm-hmm. because we're trying to really create stories that are powerful and engaging um, and some of those and, 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 and connect with the brand. Um, and they weren't doing a good job. you know, Some people don't do a good enough job for the kind that we wanted to do. And I think mm-hmm. so the resources to be aware of what it is you're trying to do to, and to match those relationships to help you get there. Uh, and that includes asking, you know, that's one thing I think a lot of people are afraid to do is ask for help. Um, I've, I've asked people along the way, and again, it's all about developing those relationships with people in order to, um, you know, be able to use them. The second resource is about, and I, let me say one more thing about relationship. So uh, I'll, I'll mention this at the end, but um, there's a tool that I've used to basically take stock of your relationships and to see who the good, those that are helping you, and those that are less helpful, and how to manage that, Um, so that's definitely been important.
0: Well, I'm excited for this tool, this might help me significantly.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, I just, used it in this workshop, uh, this workshop I did this past weekend, and uh, it wasn't really about the workshop, but I found it so useful that I shared it, and I think uh, everyone thought it was great, because it's You are the sum, you know, the average of the people that you spend time with. So this is about making an audit about that and figuring out how to spend more time with those that are going to be a positive force and and less time with those that aren't. So Um, a good
0: example of that would be Sarah likes to stay home and I have to be out and now I've been heavily convinced to stay home most of the time.
2: (laughs) <laughs> because
0: to get work done but my job is to be on site and yet i'm like no i want to stay it's good day. i do need to go to that event i'm good i just can just work on, on some things and she gives me a full
1: task list that yes that keeps me home so this is your fault why i haven't showered in three days sarah fine i will take the bite. and it's funny as you were saying that i was like oh my gosh how can ashley and i like be more enmeshed in each other's lives at this <laughs> point you know <laughs> we talk
0: every day so about you'll find something. ways Oh, jeff that was such a great a great advice okay so you've got relationships you have this really cool tool that you want to share in a minute and then what's the third piece of it
2: so uh, i was going to go something very tactical just to have a flip. So, tactical. and you you use i think this tool as well which is uh it's an online calendar scheduling called calendly yep. um
0: if we don't get a goddamn sponsor for this for the calendly thing i talk about calendly in every yeah. single one of my presentations it is life-changing we, Sarah, we got to work and get a sponsorship from that. I,
2: yeah, I just it just makes things easier. Uh, and I yeah. use it for three different, because I have different people. I work in, in the city and in the burbs. So I have a different calendar, depending on who I'm sending it to. I have one for yeah. conference calls. Uh, it just works. Oh, it's, just, yeah. you know, it's well worth getting the pro version to, to be able to do more. Uh, everyone I, I use is like, oh, I love that. And so.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, that's so easy. I'm going to get right. that too. Yeah, but you know, and I think a couple of people have said, a couple of guests have said, it, it's not on my calendar it does not happen right
2: doesn't exist, doesn't exist. i'm i'm similar like my calendar is really important um and it enables me not to think about when i need to see these people yeah. you know, it, just, it just i send them a link and then it just happens and it's scheduled and it's beautiful uh yes. so in terms of because it's about saving time yeah and i think that's the thing as an entrepreneur you have time is one of the most precious commodities you have so any tool that's going to help us save time is going to be awesome and Calendly helps you do that. So um, that is definitely one I recommend people to check out. And there are other ones, but I I, I found that one to be the best, one that works.
0: All right, Jeff. So now as we come to the end of our podcast, you have rapid fire questions. This is the part where we ask four questions in a rapid fire succession. You do not have to think, but at the first thing that comes to your mouth, (laughs) comes to your mind. (laughs) I need coffee uh all right sarah you want to start your okay so just so you know sarah's questions are usually very thought-provoking and profound mine are idiotic and stupid
1: all right jeff are you ready? Breath, I'm ready deep cleansing breath all right what is the topic of your ted talk
2: the science of stories
1: what's basically on your playlist right now
2: i'll just say bruno mars is the quick answer
1: next question what are the three traits that you believe a successful entrepreneur needs
2: awareness enthusiasm and humility
1: who would play you in the movie of your life
2: george clooney
1: <laughs> i see the resemblance I I didn't see it. It.
2: that's what people say i, I kind of look like so it's an easy one for I see you. it.
1: oh yeah
0: and of He's, course it. and he
2: has twins like i do so there you go
0: jeff question for you you've got to the end of the podcast you are giving away some free things what is your free giveaway to the audience that's listening
2: we have this program called connects which is a content marketing workshop we just run one uh, last weekend and we're gonna be doing one in the fall. What we offer is a free strategy call to help people with their content marketing in general. Uh, and also I'm gonna share as part of that, uh, the relationship grid, which I referenced earlier, which is to help you figure out who are the five people you're spending time with the most and of those, what should you be spending more time with and which of them should you be spending less time with? So it's a combo, that's kind of the bonus and the bonus. So it's the strategy call about your content, and your, play, your marketing content plan, and then also about your relationships. Not every person who calls gets a free ticket, but there'll be a free spot for someone connected to this podcast uh, to attend on me.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So thank you,
1: Jeff. sorry do we have anything else to ask for jeffrey or mr klein no but jeff that was an amazing conversation thank you so much for coming on
2: thank you so much for having me
1: we appreciate the honesty and the transparency and i i really really think that someone is going to be inspired by this particular episode so thank you my pleasure successful stay screwed and stay tuned